It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you along as we get one day closer to high school football. Well, there's some high school football coming up tonight, so that's okay. We'll tell you about that in just a little bit. But the big news is Texas Rangers magic number, Aaron? One. Well, two, two, two. For the, two to win the West, which is what you want to do. but mm-hmm. One clinch, a playoff spot, right? Yes. So a win tonight, you're in. Absolutely. Or, and a win tonight and an Astros loss, you win the West. Uh, the, I think is Astros are off today. Oh, they are? Yeah, I think that. Well, that, that stinks. They, the Rangers have four with the Mariners. The Astros get the day off and then end with three against a pretty good Arizona team. They'll mm-hmm. be pitching their best three pitchers, I believe, too, as well, uh, looking at the rotation. They, so they'll They do see, have the day off. They yeah. play Arizona tomorrow night, 840. So. That means Houston will see Zach Gallen. That means Houston will see their best pitchers. I mean, it also means, obviously, that Arizona will see Houston's best pitchers. But mm-hmm. right now, Arizona's starting pitcher is better, much better, because Houston's starting pitching has really struggled the last – month or so so a win tonight and a win tomorrow and a loss by the astros clinches the west so they have to have champagne in the clubhouse yeah you got to be ready you got to be ready tomorrow (laughs) especially if you win tonight i mean well they they probably have champagne tonight just for making the playoffs you think that's a huge deal I, I don't know. Bochy's old school. He's probably going to say, we'll "Yeah, wait. we're going to wait." Yeah, for the, no, we're going right. to wait. Yeah, that's that's, I, that's what I would do. I'm and that's old. Probably the right. That that's the right thing to do. I, I don't think you celebrate being a wild card. I mean, you you do in a sense, but you don't do the you don't do the big. No, that's true. Bath. That's true. Yeah, you'll wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you win tonight, and then you win tomorrow. You don't have to worry about anything else. You've done it yourself. If you win by yourself tomorrow, even if the Astros win, you still win the West, right? Right. Am I right? Yes. Okay. All right. Do what now? Wait a minute. Wait. You win tonight. Uh You clinch a playoff spot. You win tomorrow night, no matter what the Astros do against the Diamondbacks. You win the West. You win the West. That's exactly right. And that's what I want to happen. And then the Rangers... You know, if they don't do so well against the Mariners those last three games. Oh, I tap the brakes. And they happen to pass Houston and knock Houston out of the playoffs, that would just be a bonus. Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just want to win the West. If nothing else happens, get this ah, you're magic so number, selfish. Get this magic number you're to so zero. Selfish. And we, we, we sit here <laughs> and said, this team, if they just win, if they just win yeah, but 80 ball games this year, right? But you don't get to, but you don't get magic to this number point. Of two and say, "Nah, just get one," and we're happy with the wild card. No, they're gonna they uh, they need to win the West. You get extra time off. You get mm-hmm. extra rest for Max Scherzer. Maybe giving him a chance to come back. I don't know. Either way, it gives you a chance to get your rotation and your bullpen fully rested. Yeah. For the beginning of the playoffs, and that's a huge advantage over the wild card teams. It is. There's no doubt. 
I I still have re- reservations about this being a a very tough out in the playoffs just because the bullpen. Well, and, I don't know. And I don't think that – and look, I've said all year that I thought the Astros were the best team in baseball. I don't know that the Astros now are, t- are particularly tough out with how bad their starting pitching has been. Mm-hmm. With besides Valdez, that's fair. Without besides Framber Valdez, I don't think anyone is giving them consistent quality starts. Mm-hmm. They've been getting hit pretty hard, especially uh, especially in that in the Royals series. And yes, it's been a little better in Seattle, but you know they say uh, they have still had a bunch of problems with their starting pitching. So we'll see. I mean, the Orioles look like the most complete team anyway. The Orioles and obviously the Braves, who Braves. lead the major league yeah. category I, in every I, I category. Think, I think they have to be your favorite. I, I, I think so, and that's even after they've lost one of their best starting pitchers for mm-hmm. the year. You know, but so. they they still have they're loaded. Yeah, they they're still loaded, and they still have a good lineup. Yep. So, I, I think they have to be the favorite going into the playoffs. I, for me, they are. Um, I don't know what the experts are yeah, saying. Yeah, if I had I to guess, looked. I would. I, if well, if I had to, if someone said, "Here's a hundred dollars," you have to. Guess who's going to be in the World Series? Take your fandom out of it. Be pretty easy for me to go. Huh? I'll take Baltimore and and uh, the Braves. You know, I think I think yeah. the Dodgers have a chance. I think the Astros and the Rangers both have a chance if things break right. But I think Baltimore is the best team. If in you the want league. to play the safe bet, right? Baltimore. Well, and, and I don't know even how how safe. I don't even think of it as playing safe. I think they're probably the best team in the American League. Well, that would be the safe bet then. Well, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the safe bet well, then, yeah, that right? Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> if you think they're the best, yeah, and you I'll have the a field, strong but yeah, if I have to that. pick one, it okay. would be the Orioles. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but the the Rangers have done pretty well against the Orioles this year. They match up mm-hmm. well against them. They do, and the and the Blue Jays. So we'll see if that comes. Up. Just, they do not match up well. Against the Astros, so we'll see if any of those any of that comes into any play. Any of those scenarios come into play. Yep. I I still I'm not convinced on their bullpen, but that's just me. I just I'm not. I I guess I'm I'm erring on the side of caution, so I don't get my junior Dr Pepper Rangers heart broken again. So <laughs> I understand that. I, I'm to the point where I mean, any them making the playoffs. Look, if you make it. You need. They're obviously going to try their best, and you want them to win the World Series anytime you can get into the postseason because mm-hmm. it's a rare thing for most teams. But oh, it I, is. but this is such a bonus as far as the timeline for the Rangers. I think I'll be able to enjoy it no matter what happens. I'll be disappointed when they get eliminated from the playoffs. But, but you're not going to break your TV or anything. No, no, I won't. I won't be throwing <laughs> shoes at the big screen. <laughs> no, this isn't. This won't be a, a repeat. This won't be Nelly. This won't be. This won't be a repeat of Cowboys and Cardinals. <laughs> we got NFL football coming up tonight. How about Detroit and Green Bay? Both of them at two and one. I, I, I said going in, I'm not buying the Detroit deal. I'm not buying Green Bay. I'm not buying Green Bay either. But this should uh, be a pretty good matchup. This should be a good matchup. That's what I was going to say. One, and one of these teams is going to be three and one and leading that division. And you're going, wait yeah. a minute, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't think Jordan Love. I, I don't want to buy the. De- I, maybe I just don't want to buy the Detroit thing. But I don't think that this is a. In my opinion, I don't think that this is a team that's 
you're going to look up and go, wow, the, the Lions have a chance at a Super Bowl. I just – I don't either. I think they're – I don't think they I think do. They're, I think they're, they're, they're okay. A, they're they're a, better than I thought they were. Right. They're a B to B B my, a B to B plus team on offense and defense. Mm, yeah, which good. I think is a like like we talked about before the season, maybe a wild card team close to that, if not barely miss it by a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, that's a huge improvement for the Lions, a, and it's a terrible division with and with Minnesota off to a terrible start. Who everyone thought was going to win that division, so it's wide open. As Chicago's already out of it. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields regressed to he's now worse than he was his rookie year you know like he i don't it's got to be a mental thing and i feel bad i have him in so many leagues that i drafted early they call them best ball leagues where just the high score from all your players at each position is what counts and i drafted a bunch of justin fields because i thought he would turn the corner like like jalen hurts did last year and and like josh allen did the year before when they both had their teams trade for number one receivers with Stefan Diggs for Josh Allen and AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts. Well, they went out and got DJ Moore, who could be and should be a number one receiver, but man, it's just it's been rough for Justin Fields. So I think the winner of this game has got a a huge leg up on winning that division. Mm-hmm. And then the other one probably will still be hanging around there, you know, for a wild card shot. Have have an opportunity. And I think it'll be Green Bay that wins tonight. You going Green Bay? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. They just consistently win every year, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> they don't I, have many bad. Seasons. It's in Green Bay, Tent Lambo. I'm gonna go Green Bay too. That yeah. that that is also yeah. That I mean, also sways it a little bit to it, the Green Bay side. I think they're two pretty close teams. I think I they're too. both a couple of really big steps below talent wise. Mm-hmm. Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco. But you saw what happened with Dallas last week. All it takes is a yeah, bad we week by any of those teams. Yeah, and we did. Either those, either the teams playing tonight could beat them. So, uh, Some high school football coming up today, and one of them starts in about 50 minutes, and it's what? the Borden County Coyotes taking on the Abbott Panthers, a 1 o'clock kickoff at oh, Panther nice. Field. How about Man, that? I, I'm a little Thursday you, afternoon football. I'm telling you. if I, I may was, drive over there. If I was off today, I would – in listening to this on the radio, I would be getting in my car and driving to watch that football game. Yeah, I may 100%. drive over there. May and, drive and, over and I have never seen a six-man game in person. Oh, it's an absolute That would be one blast. of the reasons. Like, I would be like, hey, I'm not doing anything today. I can mm-hmm. go watch an afternoon game on Thursday. That would be How great is awesome. That? Yeah. I, I, now I wish I was off. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. A six-man game is very fast and furious. Go at it. Let's yes. go. Let's go, Panthers. All right, Pflugerville Panthers taking on the Colleen Chaparral Bobcats. Uh, that coming up in Colleen tonight at 7 o'clock. So a couple of games on Thursday night football. We talked about area. how, you know, we missed how many Thursday games there yeah, were and this between is, the clean schools. This is not at Leo Buckley either. No, this it's is not. New Serial Stadium. So right. Leo Buckley has not seen, as far as my knowledge, it has not seen, and we all know what my knowledge is, but I don't think that they've played a Thursday night game at Leo Buckley, and that's just disappointing. It's such a tradition. It just Especially always is. Especially for us that they, they call games and are in the media. Like, yeah. I, I, that was one of my favorite places to go. One, because the rivalry was so great between Waco High and the Colleen Schools and University and the Colleen Schools mm-hmm. when they played them. I mm-hmm. was lucky enough to do both. And, and two, Leo Buckley had the best 
You're going with the food, aren't the you? The best <laughs> fresh fox spread in the state of Texas. As far as, like, there are some that actually do home cooking or, like, they'll cater from a restaurant. Mm-hmm. They don't do that, but they pretty much have food from every fast food place in Colleen. Like, you go up there and there's Subway, there's Taco Bell, there's McDonald's, and you're just like, oh, I'm in fast food heaven. I'll be back in about 20 minutes, guys. <laughs> yeah, but they, they do it right over it. It's a close second Buckley. to the football. <laughs> yes, a close second to the football. Very but nice. I do miss the, the the Thursday night games of Leo Buckley. I do very, very. I much. really do. This, this has really been the first year. I think we had some last year. Right. If not, I remember not a bunch. Correctly. Not as many as usual. But no, a few. but where there was a few. Yeah. But I don't. I don't recall having one so far this season. Aaron, we're in week six. That's oh. another thing that just absolutely. Yeah, I, like I, I, almost, I, almost we, every, we blinked and we're in week six. Right. So everyone's in district play starting this week, right? Should be. Yeah. I think, uh, except for maybe a four-team district. Oh, yeah. There are there, a few of those. Yeah. I don't think there's any, many in Central Texas, though. There, There is not. Maybe in the 1A. I almost still say six-man. It is six-man football, but it's it's class 1A, and I need to there, there may be a couple of There may be a couple of 2As across the state that are four-man districts, but that, I don't think there's very many of them yeah. uh, anymore. But, it, yeah, it, so that's crazy to think be, that we're halfway through the regular season. Oh, we're halfway there. Yeah. And I mean, we'll we'll be talking playoff football yes. in no time. In absolutely no time. Of course, we'll have all our games across the airways coming up tomorrow night right here on ESPN Central Texas and our sister stations, Fox Sports Radio 101.3 and 104.9, where we'll have some games for you coming up this weekend as well. All right, OU is Aaron, they're playing pretty good right now. They are. And I don't know that you or I expected them to be sitting here at this point in the juncture being one of the teams that you go, uh-oh, what are we going to do if Texas and OU end up at AT&T Stadium? Because <laughs> for the Big 12, that's the last thing they want. It but I be, don't know that they I, can slow that train down. It would be the nightmare scenario. Like, people would forget about it pretty quick, probably after a couple of years, but... Sure. It, it would be the talk of college football oh, there's no, at the end of no, the year if that happens. So, yeah, no somebody's got to beat both those teams. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't deal with that. <laughs> we'll talk to Ryan Aver of the Oklahoma. We'll talk Sooners football coming up next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The Midway Coaches Show with Shane Anderson is brought to you by Automatic Chef Canteen. Brown House Cafe. Coach, coming off a 45-42 win over Hutto last Friday night to start district play. Coach, you had some close losses earlier in the year, and we talked about your team and finishing games, and they really did that last Friday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just super proud of our kids and our coaches. Uh, Made some really big adjustments at halftime. The kids went out and executed them. And like I said, just super proud of everybody and, like we talked about, I think our non-district schedule and being in that situation, uh, you know, and we told the kids, uh, we've been here before. Uh, we know what not to do. Let's go do what we need to do to finish this thing. And they did that and just, you know, super proud and super thankful to be one and in this. You talk about those halftime adjustments. You go into the half down 10. Your offense gets uh, 28 points in the second half and your defense gets a couple of turnovers and a big fourth down stop and you end up getting your first district win. Just an all-around great performance. Yeah, it was a team win for sure. And like I said, everybody 
you know, played hard for four quarters and then the kids never gave up. And, you know, like I said, we had been in the lead uh, going in the fourth quarter twice already this year and, and then let those slip away. So when we had the lead going in the fourth quarter, I called everybody up and made sure they knew we needed to finish this one. This one counted. It wasn't non-district anymore. And, and they did that. And so just like I said, we had some big plays across the board, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, everybody contributed. Now you continue district play tomorrow against Harker Heights. Talk a little bit about this Harker Heights team. What do they do on offense? You know they've uh, they've they've changed their offense a little bit. You know with with Jerry Edwards leaving uh, this spring and going to uh, Collierville Heritage, they hired Mark Humble, and he's come in and done a really good job of installing a, more of a spread, up tempo type offense, and and really using their quarterback. Uh, you know that they have that's that's a returning uh, Letterman. Uh, to to help them, uh, you know, Dylan Plake, and he's he's been a good player for them the last couple of years, and so you know they've done a good job. They're spread offense. They're going to throw the football around and, and and run the inside and outside zone, and they have playmakers across the board. ESPN Central Texas. Brown House Cafe is local, homegrown, southern cooking. Like going home to Grandma's house, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner with breakfast being served all day. Dishes like homemade biscuits and gravies, pancakes, French toast, or build your own omelet. And don't forget about lunch and dinner, chicken fried steak, build your own burger, grilled Atlantic salmon, and daily specials. Plus, homemade pies daily. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Brown House Cafe in Woodway. Check them out at brownhousecafe.com. Locally owned and operated, Automatic Chef is Central Texas' premier break room vending service provider. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef for all their break room supplies. They offer micro markets, office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payments, and innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef design a break room that fits your needs. 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. September is the month to buy a Chevrolet truck. On every 2023 Silverado, you can take advantage of 0% for 36 months or as low as 3.9% for 72 months. Combine this with fantastic trade-in values, award-winning service department, and award-winning body shop, and zero gimmicks. It's a no-brainer. So give us a call, 254-840-3261, or shop us 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember folks, we're just a heartbeat away at McGregor. We treat you like family. Bye. New roads. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today I want to meet you 254-495-0338 Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website Facebook and more early each morning as we turn on the lights and heat up the fryers then prepare the food the owners of Bush's Chicken are working for you our owners are husbands and wives sisters and brothers we are family We take joy in our family, serving your family. Before you end your day, we hope you'll stop by. Bush's Chicken, simply the best. 
Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sport-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, they tackle all surgical and non-surgical problems that arise from an active lifestyle. Trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. And when injuries sideline you, don't wait for Monday. Join us at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday mornings for our post-game injury evaluation clinic. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, we get you back in the game. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ford White's Aaron Sexton along with you. Joining us now, Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma and talk a little sooner football. And Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? Out, outstanding. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with me here on this uh, Thursday afternoon. And I, I guess the, the first question I want to ask you, Ryan, is, you know, we talked before the season began and, and what expectations were for this football team. Have they surpassed that now for you? Yeah, I think uh, certainly. And, and not just that they've won. I think a lot of people expected them to be 4-0 at this point. But the way that they've done it, the the, the level of defense that they've played so far, now they've got uh, you know a lot of their, their tougher opponents still lie ahead for them. But mm-hmm. At the same time, the way that they're playing has certainly got people uh, – uh, you know, both internally and externally really fired up about the potential uh, moving forward for this team and this program. Ryan, isn't this the vision that, that OU had by hiring Brent Venables as their head coach on the defensive side of the ball? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Now, they've still got some steps to, to take as far as, uh, you know, the recruiting job that they've done, especially on the defensive line and uh, they they want to get after the quarterback a whole lot more than they've been able to uh, so far. But certainly the, the turnovers that they've been able to force in bunches and, and the way that they've been able to come up with uh, third down stops really regularly, one of the top third down defenses in the country, and uh, just doing a whole lot better job of finishing on that side of the ball than they did a year ago. That's what uh, Brent Venables wanted, and certainly he's a whole lot happier now uh, than he was a year ago when that defense really fell apart, uh, you know, as the season went on. What is the difference this year in the defense compared to the first year? I think a big piece of it is depth that uh, right. they're able to to roll guys out there in in waves and and they can keep guys fresh. You know, last year Danny Stutzman played uh, you know around ninety five percent of the snaps. This year, so far, he's at under eighty. Now, I think that number will go up a little bit as the season goes on, but I don't think it'll go up drastically like uh, you know what we've seen. And, and they're able to uh, uh, keep guys fresher, and I think that's helped them late in games, still play solid defense. We saw it on Saturday in Cincinnati when they played uh, 29 players on, on, on defense, a similar number against SMU a couple weeks ago in a game that was fairly tight uh, there at the end. And, you know, even missing a couple of starters, Justin Harrington and, and Reggie Pearson in particular, they were still able to uh, keep rolling guys out there. And at the end, felt like there were guys on the sidelines who didn't get to play that they wanted to get in versus last year when Ted Roof and Brent Venables were looking around thinking, who in the world can we throw out there and, and you know, have the least amount of damage? 
so a, m- a much different vibe around this defense for sure. When you look at the offensive side of the ball, Dylan Gabriel is taking huge strides forward, and he is really playing well right now for the senior red shirt with 1,200 yards, putting more passing, 12 touchdowns, only one interception. What's the difference in his play on the offensive side? I think to me, when I look at him last year, when he put up really good numbers, but you know there was a, a feeling that maybe their their quarterback play was down. Now, of course, their their quarterback play standard at OU is is different from really any place else. <laughs> the, the, the what they put out there, you know, over the last decade or so. But uh, still, Dylan Gabriel, I think the biggest difference for him is his ability to to throw the ball downfield. We've seen Andrew Anthony become a big uh, deep target for him, not scoring a ton of touchdowns, but he's able to, to set up a lot with long, long plays and just the depth of their uh, receiving group that I was a big question mark uh, going in, but they've been able to get Andrew Anthony established. Jaleel Farouk has been solid. Drake Stoops has been, you know, everything that they could have hoped for him. And, uh, you know, several other guys, Nick Anderson in particular, really making an impact there. Four touchdowns over the last two games. But Dylan Gabriel making really good decisions as well. Uh, you know, not uh, forcing the ball into to tight spots uh, when it's ill-advised, but also not taking uh, sacks uh, the way he did last year mm-hmm. sometimes, trying to uh, hold on to the ball too long. So I, I think just a, a more mature uh, more polished Dylan Gabriel this season so far. Ryan Aber with the Oklahoma and here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Ryan, is the biggest question mark right now still with this offense at the running back position? Yeah, I think it's got to be. And, and the way that they've uh, switched through things has been really interesting and a bit head-scratching there mm-hmm. with uh, Tawi Walker and Marcus Major being one grouping and then Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk being the other. And over the last three weeks, they've sort of rotated who gets to play. So if, if that's the indication this week, it would be a Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk kind of week. But, uh, you know, I, I still think that those two are going to be the guys that eventually separate themselves, but certainly Marcus major and Tawi Walker have earned, uh, earned playing time. And, you know, Marcus Major, it's never been a question of talent. It's just been a question of being able to stay on the field for a variety of reasons. Tawi Walker has been a, a big surprise there, a walk-on guy who really right now has been their best, uh, most consistent running back and uh, pass catcher out of the backfield also. But I, they want somebody to emerge as maybe not necessarily the number one guy, but a number one and number two uh, tandem. Uh, but uh, the way that it's worked out so far, it's been interesting. You know, the biggest thing I think for them in the running game is uh, as much the offensive line getting settled as anything else. And they've they've done a great job protecting Dylan Gabriel, but their their run blocking needs to take a step forward. They need to find some consistency at left guard where Savion Bird has been hurt, but uh, he, even before he got hurt, was really inconsistent. He's a young guy. But uh, really talented, but uh, they've they've got to find some consistency there and be able to uh, open up holes for whoever is in the backfield there. You know, you know me, Ryan. I'm old school, and and I feel like you've got to have that that thoroughbred back there that you can rely on to finish games. Is that what they're looking for as well? To just find that guy yeah. to to you mentioned emerge, but just take over and say, look, give me the ball. 
Yeah, I, I think so. And, and my first impression would be that it would be uh, Javante Barnes, but really the way that things have come together, you wonder if it's going to wind up being Marcus Major because mm-hmm. he had a big-time run uh, on Saturday in Cincinnati where they're backed up at the goal line, third and 19, and just hand him the ball, uh, trying to get out of the shadow of the goal line, and he gets a first down and really fights his way there had a couple of critical runs in the second half as well. So like I, like I said earlier, you know, it's really uh, a question of him being healthy and being able to stay on the field. And if he's able to do that, I think he's certainly got all of the skills to be that kind of guy. There's a, you know, a, a different variety of skill sets in there, but Marcus major is the one that you can see just sort of being able to wear down defenses and get those big carries in the third and fourth quarter when it's really critical. Ryan, did you think that we'd be at this point in the season and say OU's ranking first in the Big 12 at 46.8 points per game after what you saw last year? I mean, I I think that on both sides of the ball right now, for the Sooners, you look at it, and it's pretty good complimentary football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's something that's really been missing uh, for this program. Obviously, the defensive element to it especially – but uh, the off, the offense is playing a whole lot better than they were a year ago. They're not perfect, but they're able to uh, do some things, even in those tight games that we've seen against Cincinnati and SMU. They've been able to do some things that last year they weren't able to do, whether it's convert on third down. you know, Even the drives that uh, have, have stalled for them have generally been drives that have uh, uh, taken some time where it's not just a 30-second three-and-out like we saw uh, on several occasions a year ago, so uh, certainly being able to win the game, win win games in multiple ways is something that they're going to have to do as the season moves forward, and it's something that they've shown the ability to do uh, so far this year. And it's been a, a big breath of fresh air. I know a lot of OU fans are really excited about uh, the way that things are going after uh, you know being disappointed with uh, the way that last season played out. They get the Cyclones this week, and, of course, we all know what next week is with the Red River really? rivalry or whatever you want to call it nowadays, whatever they're, whatever the moniker is. It's a big game there in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. But with Iowa State coming up in the Cyclones, how important is it that Brent Venables gets his team locked down and not looking ahead to taking a trip to Dallas? Yeah, very important because this Iowa State team, even with uh, you know some of the losses that they've had and uh, some of the off-season drama that's gone on within the program that's left them shorthanded, this Iowa State team's a dangerous team. As we saw last week against OSU, uh, they, they're able to play really solid defense, uh, as they've pretty much always been able to do under Matt Campbell, and they can uh, jump up and bite you. I think what's helped this OU team is the consistency of the message. And it's not just the old uh, cliche taking them one game at a time. They've even broken that down into sort of one day at a time and trying to be one and oh every day and uh, staying uh, sharply focused. We talked to some players this week and they talked about having a windshield mentality, not looking in the rearview mirror uh, much at all and mm-hmm. uh, not looking too far ahead either. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's possible not to look ahead in some levels to Texas uh, for everything that that game is and certainly what happened last year and who Texas is this year. But 
uh, they've said all the right things and, and shown all the right things to this point. So uh, I think they're confident in their ability to not uh, overlook Iowa State. And I think the experience of last year has really helped uh, mold that because last year I think they sort of got ahead of themselves after that success that they had in the non-conference schedule mm-hmm. and started thinking that thinking too far ahead instead of uh, focusing on the day-to-day. And that's certainly been uh, a, a much different case this year. When you look at Iowa State and coming into OU, are you a little bit surprised to where they are after the turmoil that they hit right before the season started? Yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if expected them to fall apart's the right word, but you wondered how they would be at the quarterback position. You'd wondered how that defense would be able to hold up, but you know they've been uh, pretty solid. Their their freshman quarterback Rocco Beck has been uh, really good. I think to this point, as good as they could have hoped. Uh, for him now still got some growth to go and then on the defensive side they've still been uh, really solid now uh, last week uh, Oklahoma State did some things that uh, topped that 400 yard mark of total offense which doesn't seem uh, that big mm-hmm. especially considering some of the numbers that OU has uh, allowed over the last couple of years but it, it had been uh, you know a couple of seasons since anybody had put up 400 yards on them uh, it's been uh, even longer since anybody has thrown for 300 on them. So this is a, still a defense with a lot of teeth uh, there under under Matt Campbell and, and the guys that, that uh, put together that side of the ball for them. And um, it, I, I have been impressed with the job that they've done, but I guess we shouldn't really be too surprised given the track record that that coaching staff has had uh, you know, over the last few years. Ryan Aver with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, you know, Big 12 fans with Oklahoma and Texas saying goodbye and going to the SEC. All the talk coming into the season was, well, we can't let these two teams play for a Big 12 championship. It looks like that train could be picking up steam right now, Ryan. Yeah, it really does with the way that Texas is playing, the way that OU is playing. And, heck, you look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for Oklahoma in particular, even if uh, they they lose to Texas, Oklahoma has a schedule that's very favorable to getting uh, to Arlington and, and being a part of that uh, Big 12 title game. So I, I think uh, certainly there's a, a lot of confidence in that on the OU and Texas sides, and I imagine some consternation. Uh, in uh, the Big 12 offices, uh, you know, will Brett Yormark make that short drive over if it's uh, Texas and Oklahoma? Will they cancel the, you know, Nelly concert and all that <laughs> stuff uh, going on if it's, uh, you know, sort of a lame duck Big 12 championship game? But uh, certainly would be interesting to have a, an OU-Texas rematch down there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get through the first one first. But uh, certainly – it's shaping up like that's a distinct possibility. What is the saddest part about this move for Ryan Aber? Is it the bedlam battle with Oklahoma State, the last one being in Stillwater on November 4th? Is is that the one thing that you're going to look at this schedule each and every year and go, wow, I really wish that was on there? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things, but bedlam is right there at the top. I mean, this has been such a great series, and not only in this state, but 
you know, and sort of setting the tone in the Big 12 over the last, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years with the jobs that uh, Bob Stoops and then Lincoln Riley and now Brent Venables and, uh, and then Mike Gundy have done with their programs. And it, it's going to be weird not having that on the schedule. You understand why, why it's happening based on, you know, future scheduling and, and things like that, but it's still disappointing. And it'll be really weird next November uh, not to have a bedlam to get amped up for because it's been uh, such a good good thing in the Big 12. Uh, but, you know, this has unfortunately been a, a consequence of a conference realignment. You know, mm-hmm. for years, Nebraska and Colorado was such a great rivalry in the Big 12 North, and, and then that went away. And then, you know, we've seen uh, Kansas and Missouri and, and others that have been sort of, you know, the fabric of the sport. Uh, being taken away so um, it's just the reality of things but hopefully at some point like OU and Nebraska have done at some point uh, OU and OSU will be able to uh, get that series resumed even if it's uh, you know for just a few years. Ryan what's the biggest surprise in the Big 12 for you so far halfway through the season? Oh gosh that that's uh you know, that's a tough one. I think to me, the way that Texas is playing and, and being able to beat Alabama certainly was an eye opener mm-hmm. with that, but uh, being able to do what they did to Baylor last week and, and really control that game uh, most of the way, that was one that I was questioning, you know, just, just how, how well they'd be able to do that and, and keep up. Cause we've seen Texas jump up and, and win some big time games, but uh, you know, then they'll, they'll slip and, and not be as consistent moving forward. But Quinn Ewers has been really good uh, so far, throwing for over a thousand yards and and no no interceptions. That's big. Obviously, we know what kind of player Xavier Worthy is for them uh, in the receiving core, but they've really shown some depth there beyond him. And I, so I think so far probably Texas success. But uh, on the other side, I think Oklahoma State struggles in uh, mm-hmm. you know, losing. To, to South Alabama, that was an eye-opener, them not being able to figure out who their quarterback is with Alan Bowman and, and a couple of other guys being in the mix there, including Gunnar Gundy. Um, and, and then just I did not expect them to go up and, and lose to Iowa State even after uh, that South Alabama loss. So I think on the positive and negative side, that's, uh, that's what's been the most surprising to me uh, so far in this league. Do you, do you think that that Oklahoma State is is reeling right now a little bit? I mean, obviously, two game loss. It's, they probably shouldn't have lost either one of those. But I mean, did the transfer portal hurt them that bad? And so many teams that you look at and go, well, it helped them, but for Oklahoma State, it it was no favors at all. Yeah, there's there's got to be winners and losers when uh, whenever things like the transfer portal happen, and certainly. Oklahoma State to this point has turned out to be a loser in that uh, you know they hoped that Alan Bowman would really grab grab that role and, and take charge of it. Obviously, lost Spencer Sanders, who you know that situation is. I think maybe both sides sort of wish they could have it back mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, uh, but but their defense hasn't been great. Their uh, their offensive line that they felt had a chance to be significantly better than a year ago. Hasn't been. And, uh, you know, everything that uh, could go wrong for them outside of just a a deep slate of injuries 
has gone wrong for them so far, and, and they're going to have to uh, turn it around quick because their schedule isn't uh, quite as favorable as what we talk about with OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got uh, Kansas State coming up and then Kansas and a, then a, a couple of teams in West Virginia and Cincinnati that I think have played, uh, well, West, in West Virginia's case, played better than I think a lot of people expected there. And Cincinnati's shown some teeth as well. And then you've got Bedlam. So it's uh, it could be a tough road for them uh, here over the next month, month and a half to get this thing turned around. Are they a prime example of why the transfer portal needs to change a little bit in some cases? Yeah, I think, you know, in, in some ways. But also, you know, I, I wonder how much change we're going to see. Right. I think certainly as the uh, – momentum has shifted toward the power being on the player side that it's, it's going to be hard to put some of those things uh, back in the bottle. I know obviously uh, narrowing the dates down will help uh, help teams get some certainty in their roster, but it's still going to be a tough situation for, for anybody. And I, but I think it's a uh, sort of an example of why coaches have to change their approaches a little bit. And Mm -hmm. we've seen that with, Certainly with Brent Venables and, and OU, we've seen it with a lot of other programs, the way that their coaches and, and staffs have adapted uh, to the new reality. And I think Oklahoma State's been a little bit slow to adapt to that uh, with, with Mike Gundy and some of his uh, philosophies, some of his policies uh, that have uh, you know hurt them at times. And I think uh, certainly he's shown an ability to adapt to, to other things. And I, I think uh, certainly there's a, uh, uh, an expectation that he'll uh, adapt there, but uh, there's a lot of frustration in Stillwater with how things have played out to this point, both as it relates to the transfer portal and, and otherwise. Ryan Aber with the Oklahoman talking Sooners and Cowboys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Ryan, before I let you go, Iowa State coming up Saturday, 6 p.m. there in Norman. Do the Sooners go to 5-0? and yeah, I think they do. I, I think uh, think OU is able to win this game. I think their their defense and and Danny Stutzman and Jaron Canick, if he's able to play the linebacker core, wind up making a difference. I think they're going to get after the freshman quarterback a little bit, make it difficult. I'm going to go with a uh, 27 to 13 uh, Oklahoma over the Cyclones. I think it's going to be a you know not a, a blowout, but I think it's one that that OU is going to have in hand for most of the night. All right. How hard is it for you to say the OU defense is so good right now? Is that just you have to kind of shake your head a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly been, uh, been a different situation. I've been on the beat consistently for this is my 11th season, and, and really they haven't been good defensively, but maybe uh, one or two years in there during the, the end of the, the Mike Stoops uh-huh. uh, second act uh, there in Norman. So, it's uh, it's certainly odd, but <laughs> that's that's the vision that OU had when they hired Brent Venables. Absolutely, the expectation was to turn that defense around and make it SEC ready, and they they've still got some things to do to do that. But uh, certainly, uh, taking some significant strides forward this season with the job that they've been able to do on that side of the ball. Ryan, appreciate the time as always. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Always enjoy it. Have a great one. All right. There he goes, Ryan Aber, the Oklahoma, Iowa State, coming up September the 30th this Saturday, 6 p.m. in Norman. And he's right. Look, it's been a while. 
But that OU defense is playing lights out. Give up six to Cincinnati, 17 to Tulsa, 11 to SMU, and shut out Arkansas State. Now, look, I, I get it. I get the opponents. Who'd they beat? Was <laughs> that I mean, Alabama State and who else? No. no. I'm just no, they haven't. I mean, look, look I mean, you, yeah, you, you play only, that good a defense. Right. You can only play who you play, and they have dominated defensively all four teams that they played. Mm-hmm. And we won't, still won't get an idea this week because Iowa State's offense is terrible mm-hmm. because they don't have the quarterback, starting quarterback or their starting running back and a couple of starting offensive linemen. But we will, the week after that, find out exactly how good and how improved that defense is because – I mean, even if you look at you, – you don't, you, don't want it for them. <laughs> you don't want it to happen for the Big 12 championship. But this is going to be – a highly anticipated Red River rivalry. This will be the biggest one to me in probably close to a decade. Maybe so. Maybe, that, maybe a little longer because it's the first time that both of these teams have been undefeated going into this game that I can remember in a while. If they both win Saturday. Correct. And I think they will, but <laughs> that, that is a good point. I think they both win Saturday. We'll see. Oklahoma hadn't played a good offense yet. I'll put it that way. They played a I decent don't think offense. So. I they don't played think a decent so. offense with SMU, but that's also an offense that and look, I know they're and I'm doing air quotes, I know it's radio, power five now that they're mm. in the ACC, but that's a that's a group of five school, and mm-hmm. that shows especially in the offensive and defensive lines. So it's mm-hmm. it's really tough to get an idea of how good they really are with, with right. the wins over SMU and Tulsa being their best ones. I I agree. I agree. But it's it is a it is a different defense than, than oh, we've absolutely. seen the, recently. The last year's Oklahoma team would have been in a dogfight with SMU. Yes. And yes. SMU might have beaten them. <laughs> Could have. Could have. Oh. Yeah, you're right. I, I won't dismiss that. They did not look good for most of the season last year. And they've they've kind of turned it around. Thanks to Ryan Aver for joining us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Stay right there. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little more college football. We'll also get into some spring football. That's all coming up next right here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The Clifton Coaches Show with Brent Finney is brought to you by Royal House Pizza, the 5th Street Market and Nursery. Coach, coming off a 14-10 loss to Millsap in non-district play last Friday night, talk a little bit about this game, a hard-fought defensive battle. You were leading 3-0 at halftime, then some uh, fourth-quarter scores by both teams, some lead changes, and uh, just a, a tough, hard-fought game all the way around. Yeah, it, you know, we told the kids all week it was going to be a tough game. Uh, it'd be a battle for four quarters, you know, on the road. Um, they, they're, you know, physical tough team with some big kids. And, um, so we knew that we were going to have to battle all night and we did. And, uh, and it came down to the very end. It was, you know, very exciting football game. And one of those types of games that you hate for someone to have to lose. Now you start district play tomorrow night against Rogers. Talk a little bit about this Rogers team, a kind of a unique offense and overall just a Rogers program that year in and year out is extremely good. Yeah, uh, Rogers is, is always a challenge. You know, they're always uh, up there in the, in in the preseason rankings, and uh, deservedly so. That you know, they got some big physical kids, and uh, what they do on offense is pretty unique with uh, their option game. And 
And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll definitely be a favorite to, to reach postseason again this year. So it'll be, a, it'll be a really big game for us. ESPN Central Texas. Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night, home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. The 5th Street Market and Nursery is Bosque County's premier nursery, greenhouse, and boutique. Discover a variety of indoor and outdoor plants, unique gifts, and local artisanal products at their family-owned nursery and garden center. Located in Clifton off 5th Street, Highway 219. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 and Sunday, 10 to 4. Check them out at 5thStreetMarket.com or on Facebook. Let their passionate team help your vision bloom into reality. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch. La Fiesta located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. The right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. And when it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models like the Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Elevate your career with a new job at Time Manufacturing Company. First, second, and third shifts are available. CNC machinists start at $21 an hour. Welders start at $22 an hour. And second and third shift differential is an additional $250 an hour. Time Manufacturing is a leading global manufacturer of vehicle-mounted aerial lifts, digger derricks, bucket trucks, and bridge inspection equipment. Drop by their location at 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators for both day and evening shifts, and an evening shift supervisor. Evening shift only works four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Also, $1 differential pay offered for evening shift. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers PTO and a comprehensive benefits plan, including medical, dental, vision, short- and long-term disability, life insurance, 401k, and more. 
Full-time positions offer 40-plus hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8 till 5 at 2784 Old Dallas Road, one block off Interstate 35 in Lacey Lakeview. And welcome back to the Press Box here on this Thirsty Thursday. Ward White's Aaron Sexton along with you. Big plans for tonight? Uh, No, I don't. I mean, I get off, at, I get off early, which is nice, so I'm either going to go home and walk or work out. I don't know. I mean, that's, they're both workouts, but I mean, like you're, lift. You're not going to have the headphones on and listen to the Rangers baseball game tonight? I will, but it's a, it's a late game, so. Okay. Yeah. I will, um, I will be listening. I know to you're that either way. I'll be watching. Okay. Um, I'll watch that instead of most. Well, I'll flip. I say flip I'm, watch, I'm watching Thursday night football. I, I, I probably will too, and I'll probably have the Rangers it, on my phone. I, and I may, I may turn in in the uh, on the porch or the game room. I may turn the other one on so I can walk back and forth. Right. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'm not gonna. Sign out and sign back. That's just that's a pain, and I don't like that. It's the only bad thing about the streaming yeah, platform. Yeah, absolutely. Everything else about streaming, I love, but not being able to flip channels is mm-hmm. is the main drawback. So yeah, I, I will be watching Monday Night Football as long as it's competitive and have the Rangers on my phone. And then if it gets uncompetitive, I'll just flip the Rangers onto the TV. How do you feel about spring football? I, I hate it. I, I cannot stand. Well, okay, let me, I don't hate it. I just have zero interest in it. And I have my whole life going back to the USFL when I was young, when mm-hmm. they were actually signing top players oh, like they were. Jim Kelly, Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. Reggie White. It, it wasn't like the USFL like, and XFL now. I like the spring leagues. Um, I just can't get I into like it. I like the USFL better than the XFL right now. I think the XFL was a failed bit to begin with, and I just can't get over that with all the the – hoopla and extracurricular that they tried to throw into the game for entertainment purposes. But the XFL and USFL said today the two spring football leagues plan to merge and begin play next year. All right, so we're going to have one league. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I And you're going to give more guys an opportunity. Now, if they do merge, and which they say they are. You should use the USFL. It's a bigger brand. I think I think so, and I think also though, please keep a team in Arlington. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any <laughs> doubt they will. I think I think the Texas teams for both leagues were some of their best attended, just because mm-hmm. Texans love football. Yeah, right. Um, this is a good. It's a good thing that they're merging. They don't need to be competing. They can put all their marketing efforts that that the different brands that were supporting both leagues can focus on one. There'll be better play because you're combining the players and upgrading talent mm-hmm. of combining two leagues into one. And you can go to the places that actually had the best attendance and keep your teams there and probably keep eight viable teams and maybe make it work. Will I be watching ever? Probably not. 
I may, will. Maybe I watch, but you know me. I'm a football junkie. Maybe so I'm, if, a, I'm a different right. cat. And I'm a football junkie, but it just has to be college, NFL, or high school. And the, the one thing I will say about the USFL over the last couple of years, we have seen from that league some guys make an impression and get an opportunity in the NFL. There's a kicker on the Cowboys named Brandon Aubrey. That, Kevante Turpin. Yes. Brandon Aubrey. Cowboys got two of them. Mm-hmm. They're not the only ones that have them, but those are the two that we know of mostly because they're in our backyard. Right. But there's several USFL players that have made an impression in the spring league or at Tom Bean Stadium in the championship game at, at Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame, made an impression and at least got invited into NFL camps. For me, that's a really, really good thing to let those guys that are on the cusp of having an opportunity, because if they don't have that opportunity, we may not know of Kevante Turpin. We may not know right. of Brandon Aubrey. They may have went to the Arena League and just disappeared. I, I, I absolutely support the idea of spring football. I, it's ideal if it's one league like it's going to be. It helps the NFL, and it helps – players it mm-hmm. gives them more opportunities to make money it maybe it can turn exp- into a development league of some sort sure and i think that would be ideal i just i, I just don't probably won't watch much well, I, know. I like it in theory i i do too i think it's fun all right coming up this afternoon john morris he'll have a, a lot on the game coming up in orlando this weekend and the matt mosley show i'm sure matt will touch rangers as well Uh, this afternoon and get a little more Cowboys for you coming up from three to six right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Aaron Sexton, I'm Ward Whites. Until next time, so long, everybody.